that is Savior of the Nations Come, which is the hymn we're going to be taking a look at on this Tuesday in the year of our Lord, 2019, and November the 26th. Boy, Pastor Mark Smith, we're less than a month away from Christmas. Man, I'm just glad we're looking at, at Advent. I'm, I, you love Advent. Oh, Advent's great. Love Advent. I love Lent, you know, and I love Christmas, but I, I look forward to Advent. At the four congregations I'm preaching at these days, they there are no readings for Advent. No readings? For Wednesday. Oh, I see. So a lot what of... What do they do? Just sing? No. The pastor usually has a theme. Like, what do you? What's uh-huh. your theme for Advent? Well, I'm getting that together. I've, oh, I, really? I, I, <laughs> it starts Wednesday. A lot of singing, a lot of hymns. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've got it. But you know, I'm thinking. Hey, one day at a time. I'm thinking right now Thanksgiving. But I, no, I, I've got, uh, I've got my Advent theme all, but it's not in my mind. Oh, it's not in my mind. Is it in your left I've, arm or? It's just not. It's not in my not mind. Not yet. Ready? Okay. I, I'll get to it. Be You'll sure tell us that. next week. Yes. Okay. Oh yes. All righty. Savior of the nations come actually is considered to be derived from the Latin text of Saint Ambrose, Bishop of Milan. Milan. That's what I said. Bishop of Milan, <laughs> with whom the real history of hymns in the West began. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Milan, I was unaware of that. Uh, let's see, let's see. Milan, uh, the uh, Ambrose, Bishop of Milan, and he greatly influenced. I think I've got this right. He greatly influenced Augustine. Yes, Saint Augustine, who is, and who was, of course, Luther was an Augustinian monk, so yes. he was greatly influenced indirectly by. In, uh, in fact, I, I'm looking at the eight verses of uh, Ambrose in the Latin. And then beside it is Luther's German version, which is a rather literal translation of the Latin, except that in the final stanza, he substitutes a doxology. Uh Uh-huh. And we'll be taking a look at that. And so, um, and the tune is known as Veni Redemptor Gentium, which is the first words of the Latin text sung originally to the Gregorian chant. Let's see, Veni, come, come, Redeemer. What, what's the rest of it? Gentium. Nations. Oh, of course. Yes. Yes. And um, Luther simplified the melodic line, thus making it easier for congregations to sing. But it is regarded as the Advent hymn. You'll have to translate this. Par excellence. Par, well, how did you know that? I just had a feeling. Wow. <laughs> That's exactly what it says. Well, it is. It's it, it's got a lot of theology in it. It's eight verses. I mean, you know, it's par excellence. Par excellence. So we'll be taking a look at this. Once he came in, a blessing is the hymn after that for Advent. There's always a pretty good set of Advent hymns. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A lot of. But there's eight. A lot of singing. All, all of my Advent uh, themes and services, a lot of singing. We do a lot of singing. Well, that's good, because you like to sing. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Stanza one, please. Savior of the nations come, virgin son, make here your home. Marvel now, O heaven and earth, that the Lord chose such a birth. That is not found in any other religion of the world, his incarnation. Right. Sure, no. 
where God became a human being. That's right. And he did that for one purpose only, and that is... To redeem us. To redeem us, because only a human being can redeem a human being in God's mind. In Revelation chapter 5, there's a strong angel, and he is not even worthy to redeem. Nobody could open the book of, what, seven seals? Remember the book of seven seals in that that, uh, chapter of Revelation? Except... The Lamb. The Lamb was the only one that could open the book. He's the only one that could accomplish redemption. And he came to heaven regarded as a slain lamb. Slain lamb, yes. And uh, that's where we get the four horses of the apocalypse. Right. The word apocalypse means revelation. Revelation. And the four horses are tyranny, war, famine, and death. Tyranny, war, famine, and death. Great. That's right. And those are the horses of the devil. But guess who's holding the reins? I would imagine the lamb. <laughs> yes. <No>. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is. Yeah. That's yes. chapter six I of can't, Revelation. I couldn't remember that. They're, they're actually, I, I, don't, I didn't remember that detail. Yeah. He's, he's holding the reins. Yes. Oh. Yeah, he's in control. He's got, oh, you're right, of course. Everything's under control. <laughs> yes. Even Satan himself can't go any farther than. Uh, yeah, than, today is a sad day for me. I preached at LCEF this morning for my last time. Oh. Now, it's sad for me, but it's good for them. They have a retired pastor who's going to come and do all the preaching at LCEF now. Oh, okay. Lutheran Church Extension, which yeah, right. is across the street across from the here. Across the road, yes. And I'll just be doing after this uh-huh. uh, each each time, once a month, it looks like. So um, I'm preaching today at 10 o'clock, and it's about Thanksgiving. I didn't tell... Mark Smith, what I'm talking about, because he's going to listen to it on the radio, and then he'll have to change his sermon. Okay, <laughs> all righty. <laughs> so, oh boy, Tom, you're something else. <laughs> notice this: Savior of the nations come, not a Savior of Israel. Right, Savior of the nations. Yeah, Jew and Gentile, Gentile. all nations. I'll do two, not by human flesh and blood. By the Spirit of our God was the Word of God made flesh, woman's offspring pure and fresh. Now, if you're talking to children about this, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you're going to have to say yeah. it wasn't because Mary and Joseph were married, right. but it was the Holy Spirit that moved Mary to be conceived as uh, that that might be confusing. I think you can word it a little bit better. Oh, go ahead. It, well, you can. Well, it, it's it's challenging. <laughs> but if you say they're not married, they they were betrothed, which is which in those days was as good as married. Yeah, but not in our day. There's a lot of people who are engaged and break it off. Yeah, but it, betrothal is not the same as engagement. Betrothal yeah. was. The only well, we don't want to get into an argument. With I the know, kids but on you that. don't you don't want to confuse the kids by thinking by saying. Well, they were unmarried. That's that's there were, there were a number of people who were betrothed and never got married in the Old Testament. So it wasn't absolutely necessary you got married, but it would be considered a divorce. But right. that, that's that's a topic that's way off. I still space. think it, it there's some there's some way you can explain that better. But you I haven't mean, figured it out. No, you could say okay. well, the, Joseph wasn't a biological father. They don't understand what biological means. <laughs> okay. All, all right. right. All right. All right. Yeah. Go ahead, Baker. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> so it's not by human flesh and blood, 
by the Spirit of God, our God was the Word of God made flesh. And that's part of the creed, which the kids are saying. Right. Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Woman's offspring, pure and fresh. See, that's important, that last part. Pure and fresh. Sure, right. Virgin born. Yes. You see, the question is, that's what the miracle was, that Jesus did not have original sin. Right, yeah. And God does this a number of times. Uh, The example I like using is, remember... Paul is fooling around with a fire and he gets bitten by a poison snake. He yes. just shakes it off. Right, just shakes it into the fire. Right? And people can't believe that. They thought he was going to die. Yeah. And then when that's he didn't a die, natural yeah. thing. And so the point is, is that naturally original sin comes, but God can heat it or misheat it or right. make sure it doesn't happen. Right. And that's why Jesus is referred to as pure and fresh. Three, here a maid was found with child, yet remained a virgin mild. In her womb, this truth was shown. God was there upon his throne. That's an important point. Yes. Because Jesus never ceased to be God. He was always um, the omnipotent God, almighty God, even as 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 an infant in the womb. That's that's a pretty... It just struck me, as I was reading in preparation for today, um, Jesus was born naked. Yes. He was on the cross naked. Yes. But in both situations, he was upon his throne. That's right. Because... On the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. He says, it is finished. Right. He says to the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. That's right. Uh, only one on his throne could say that. And and so you're absolutely correct that though God did not, Jesus did not always make use of his divine attributes, he always was. That's right. With his divine attributes. Stanza four. Then stepped forth the Lord of all, from his pure and kingly hall, God of God, yet fully man, his his heroic course began. Yes. Um, God of God, because he was begotten. Right. God of God, light of light, very God of very God. Yet fully man, because he was born of a woman. Right. And so that's how you get the two, what we call the two natures of Christ, Mm -hmm. both God and man. I had an interesting conversation a long time ago. I always would have my Sunday school teachers meet with me before they taught the lesson to make sure they had the law and gospel straight. And I remember asking this question, now that Jesus has ascended into heaven, is he still a human being? And only one of them said yes. Oh, yeah. He always will be that way. Yes. He will always be true God and true man. Exactly. Even in heaven right now. That's right. Uh, he is a human being. And a lot of people don't recognize that, which means he has flesh and blood just like we do. Right. Um, in all things, he was human, except he did not sin. Yes. Well said. Okay. Stanza five. Now, uh... This is, this is interesting. I was trying to tell you about this earlier. Note 
that... In- well, read stanza five. Okay, fine. God the Father was his source. Back to God he ran his course. Into hell his road went down. Back then to his throne and crowned. Okay, and your question? Well, let's wait till we get to six. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't want me to bring it up, so I won't bring it up till I get to six. Go ahead. Okay. God the Father was his source. What does that mean? Well, he, he, he God sent him right? to this earth. Very good. And he's going to also return. Yes. But first, he's got to come down, redeem sinful man, and he has to descend into hell, which which it talks about. Into hell, his road went down, back then through his throne and crown. So it talks about the whole course of his redemption in that one verse. Now, I'm not sure the hell it's talking about. You assumed it was talking about... Descent into hell. Yeah. It isn't? No, I, I think it's the hell on the cross. Oh. My God, my God. Yeah, you're right. He did suffer hell on the cross. Right. No kidding. You're not, you're not, you don't think it's talking about the descent into hell. Into, into hell, his road went down. When we talk about the road of Jesus to yeah. the crucifixion, yeah. that would include yeah. his being rejected by the Father. That's... But you could be right. I just don't know. You'd have to ask. Now, I'll tell you why you could be right. Up to now, it looks like he's following the Apostles' Creed. Right. And what does the hell in the Apostles' Creed refer to? Descent into hell. Which one? <laughs> There's only one descent. No, no, no. Oh, I see. Uh, no, I think it's talking about the actual descent after his death. Yes, I think you could yes. be right there. So... We're not but, really but sure. That, I think that, I think it's, you know, it, it really, it, it covers both, doesn't it? Because well, he did I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's a cross. Because it says, back then to his throne. When did he return to his throne? Uh, well, uh, he was in paradise. Right. Good Friday. Uh, right. Uh-huh. That evening. Yeah. With the thief. In fact, that's what I did with last week's sermon. Uh You ready to hear the question? I said, how many of you agree that between Friday and Sunday, Jesus was in the grave? Does anyone disagree with that? Nobody put their hand up. And the whole sermon was to say, no, Jesus' body Body was was in the grave, grave, but his spirit was already in paradise. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's two other places the word paradise is used in the Bible. One of them, remember, Paul says, I saw a man in a vision. He went up to paradise, whether in the body or out of the body. Yeah, right, I don't right, know, right. this kind of thing. Uh, that's the one. And the other one is um, in Revelation where it talks about the tree of life is in paradise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. And when you look at the tree of life in Revelation 21 and 22, it's heaven. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of people don't realize that. No. That uh, it gets back to your original point that he was always True king. God. Yeah. That's why we call Good Friday, the last Sunday of the church here is also called... Christ the King. Yes. Because he, even on the cross... That's right. ...is the king. So, into hell his road went down, but then to his throne and crown. And that's where he took the thief with him. All right, I'll do six. For you are the Father's Son, 
who in flesh the victory won, by your mighty power make whole all our ills of flesh and soul. Do you have any questions on this, Pastor Smith? Okay. Do you see anything distinct about this verse? There's all, so far, it's all talking about Jesus in the third person. All of a sudden, in the sixth verse, and I don't know why the writer did this, for you are the Father's Son. It talks about him in the second person. Understand? Do you notice that? Uh, no. I, oh. I did not. Well, he always talks about him in the third person until then. Then he switches to the second person. For you are the Father's Son. I, I, I just, you know, it's kind of interesting. And um, I think, and I think, yeah. What do you think? Any Any thought on that? Well, first of all, he does talk about the third person in verse 2. Not by human, by the Spirit of our God. Was the Word of God. Yeah, there you go. You're right. Was the Word of God. That's third person. That's right. Woman's and up. then to know that he was the Son is really verse 5. God the Father was his source. source. And the only way that's we understand that is begotten Son. And that's not third person. That's second person. No. God the Father was his source. It's talking about him, and that's third person. Back to God, he no, no. ran his course. Who's the third person? Jesus. No, no, I'm talking about third person. I'm talking about, it's a, it's a what is that, voice in grammar? You're talking about the first person is I. Second person is you. Third person is he or she or it. Understand? No. If, Oh, I've got you, Tom. I got no, you. No, no, I understand. <laughs> I, you, and he. Yeah, that's my point. All of a sudden in this verse, he talks about him, uh, you, instead of him. That's all I'm saying. It's it's kind of interesting transition. Yeah, I... Maybe, I, maybe not to make too much of it, I guess. Yeah, I, I wouldn't make... But you is second person. That's right. So how do you say he's third person? Up until that time, it's always talking about him in the third person. Until the sixth verse, it, it uses the second person, you. You are the Father's yeah, Son. Yeah, I, I just think some hymns are speaking to Jesus, and other hymns are speaking about, about Jesus. Him. Okay, all right. Yeah, That's I wanna... all I'm saying. It's kind of interesting that here he speaks uh, to him yes, directly That's right. in the sixth verse. Now, what else about the sixth verse? You are the Father's Son, who in flesh the victory won. What would be the opposite of that? Who in flesh? Who, it would, in, who in spirit? Who as who? divine. Oh, I see. It's in his flesh the yeah. victory was right. won. Oh, yes. Yes. I'll read seven. From the manger, newborn light shines in glory through the night. Darkness there no more resides. In this light, faith now abides. Now, that's all pretty clear. Mm -hmm. uh, newborn light shines in glory through the night. And remember in Revelation, it says, well, hardly have a need for the sun because of the light. Right. That's right. And then you got the transfiguration. And then you got the angels who are shining with bright light talking to the shepherds. Right. And darkness there no more resides. Um, yeah, I was reading Revelation recently, 
It says there's going to be no night there. That's right, no night. There'll when are we no going night. to sleep? Huh? <laughs> what? When are we going to sleep? We're, well, you can sleep if you want, and you, it doesn't have to be dark for you to sleep. Yeah, it does for me. <laughs> well, all the when blood. you're in heaven, it'll be different. Yeah, I know. You can eat all you want and not get heavy. How about that? And then, glory to the Father, sing. Well, you can talk about yourself, yes. <laughs> glory to the Father, sing. Glory to the Son, our King. Glory to the Spirit, be now and through eternity. And there's a triangle in front of that. It's a doxological verse. Doxological you, you stand. Verse. You stand for the Trinity. And I'll bet you there's going to be a lot of congregations using this hymn. Uh, you folks are, aren't you? Uh, oh, you don't know yet. No, well... Yeah. You do day by day. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we'll find out next Tuesday. Whether I used it. I'm going to have to leave now because I've got to get to preaching. So we want to just hear, hear now. the whole verse, whole, all the verses.
Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.